Hey folks, <clears throat> this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate y'all joining me. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, tell other people about it, get them to listen to it, I'm incredibly Humbled and grateful for that. F1 puppy dog would just walked up out of the shadows. I don't know where the other one is. She usually makes herself be known. I'm sure y'all hear her in the background, so we'll see if she comes up at some point. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to sit on this porch and do this podcast for the people that listen to it and share it and for all the other myriad blessings that you bestow upon this land and on us. That last little part, folks, came I've in a little bit of the podcast is Show prep, I suppose, I've been doing, there's a number of, well, we talked about a few of them yesterday, inaugural addresses, just speeches by presidents, where they say one of the, if not the most important things, is to acknowledge God, his hand in our country, his blessings on our country. It made me sit there and think how little I do it individually. Just take the time to tell God thank you every once in a while for living in this land and all the blessings he's given us. So, there you go. A little bit cooler weather. Or at least the hint of it. We'll get going. So often we're told that our founders, they get portrayed today in history and people that are supposed to know by, they get portrayed as secularists, deists at best, uh, and we've completely misconstrued what they intended. There we go. I knew that was coming, folks. Sorry. <laughs> they found something to go chase. You know, we get told that the first religion was, was basically made to bring Christianity down to the level of all other religions. And we've talked about that a number of times. But one of the things that we we've talked about once or twice I'm going to come back to today is how influential it actually was based on their own words on our founding fathers and there's a journal publication I think this actually came out of the American Political Science Review 
if I remember the correct journal, it's from 1984, and it's by a man named Donald Lutz, I think was the primary author, Charles Henneman, also out of the University of Houston. And they did this paper analyzing, took them about 10 years to analyze about 15,000 items. And you can go find this. It's a peer-reviewed paper in this journal. It's still out there. Uh, stumbled across it. I think Cambridge, for some reason, had a copy. I don't know, a lot of places. JSTOR, if you're familiar with them, the scientific online, they kind of house a lot of papers. I'm pulling this particular information I got out of the American, or the Patriots Bible, which is probably really the first source that I kind of stumbled across that really got this podcast started. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal resource. Definitely uh, probably the one I recommend the most if you're looking just to get started and see some of the ties between America and God at our founding and really throughout our history. Uh, the editor does a good job of of going through our history. It ought to be, along with the Founder's Bible and the American God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes, those ought to be standard issue books in every single classroom and every subject across the country in public education. You know, you want to go private education and do something else, that's, that's on you. But in publicly taxpayer-funded education, those ought to be three textbooks in every single classroom primary textbooks, as we've talked about with our founders. So anyway, 15,000 items uh, politi of political commentary between 1760 and 1805, which is considered the founding era. The title of this paper is called The Relative Influence of European Writers on Late 18th Century American Political Thought. Uh, and it was the Political Science Review volume or issue was 78. So what they did is they took about a little over 3,000 direct quotes made by the founders during this period, and they sourced those quotes. And they discovered that about 34% of the founders' quotes came directly out of the Bible. Montesquieu, a French legal philosopher, was quoted 8.3% of the time. Blackstone, who we've talked about quite a bit, uh, English lawyer who wrote commentaries on the laws of England, which were used pretty extensively in America, was 7.9%, and John Locke, who was an English philosopher, was 2.9%. So those were the top four. You can see the Bible at 34% was about four times what the next one was. And here's the interesting thing. These were direct quotes, and we're going to go through as an example the prayer that Benjamin Franklin offered to really kind of salvage the conventional constitutional convention and look at the indirect quotes in there that aren't directly quoted out of the Bible. And so a lot of these came from sermons, but that was, that was really a common political, and there she is, and y'all can hear in the background, 
demanding attention. Yes. If y'all haven't had the experience of owning a lab in your life, I don't know if I'd highly recommend it or not. Uh, anyway. What was I getting at? So most, so most of these biblical quotes did come from sermons. Only about 10% of them came from secular literature. But sermons were were what, as we've talked about, you go back, we've gone to the Mayhew speech quite a few times, sermon quite a few times. You know, this is how our founders, this is where they turned, looking for, this is a lot of the times, this was where they got, where they, they formed their ideas, where they talked about things. You know, Adams and Patrick Henry both were extremely influenced. We've talked about this a little bit by sermons. And, and so the, the fact that these came from sermons really isn't unusual at all for that period. And so the, what I was trying to get at is the percentage is probably a lot greater than 34%. Because so much of these, these references that our founders use, these quotes we often talk about, they're not direct quotes. They're quoting the Bible, but they don't, they don't use the whole verse or they're not pulling. So, so the percentage probably is, is a good deal higher. At any rate, we're going to read through this. So this was the Constitutional Convention, uh, 55 delegates attending and The, the debate between the different states had gotten extremely bitter, uh, so bitter that that some of the delegates left the convention. Um, and there were a number of, you know, every state had its own personal interests. And so that was, that was what was going on. And it was at this point, so this was after the revolution, it was at this point that Franklin stood up and gave this speech. Mr. President, the small progress we have made after four or five weeks, close attendance, and continual reasonings with each other, our different sentiments on almost every question, several of the last producing as many no's as eyes is, methinks, a melancholy proof of the imperfection of the human understanding. We indeed seem to feel our own want of political wisdom, since we have been running about in search of it. We have gone back to ancient history for models of government and examined the different forms of those republics which, having been formed with the seeds of their own dissolution, now no longer exist. And we have viewed modern states all around Europe, but find none of their constitutions suitable to our circumstances. This is just a side note, folks. These, he said these republics, which were formed with the seeds of their own dissolution. You know, the only difference between us and all the other forms of government that have failed is that we tied ours to the teachings of Christ. And if we don't acknowledge that, then we're going to fail 
just like all the rest. It's not the Second Amendment, folks. It's not the First Amendment in and of themselves. It's not whether Biden or Trump is president. It's not, you know, the Stoic philosophers, the Roman Republican ideals. The thing that makes us unique, the thing that's made us so great, the only thing that's going to salvage our republic is turning back to God. In this situation of the assembly, groping, as it were, in the dark to find political truth, and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us, how has it happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of Lights to illuminate our understanding? So Father of Lights is a reference to God from the Bible. But you can see here, it's not a not a direct quote. He just put it into his speech. In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. I think that was a pretty important line just on the topic, folks. The fact that Benjamin Franklin, who's considered a deist by most, or at least by the left, is portrayed that way, says that they've all observed frequent instances of God's hand in our favor. And yet we're supposed to believe that our country wants nothing to do, our founders wanted nothing to do with God. To that kind providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend, or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? So the sparrow there again is a reference directly to the New Testament and Jesus talking about that the, num the number of our hairs, they're all numbered on our head, and that a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without God's notice and that we are much more important than many sparrows. We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Again, there's another reference to the Bible specifically, a verse out of Psalm, I believe. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Again, reference from the Old Testament, talking about the Tower of Babel. We shall be divided by our political and local interests, our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to future ages. Reproach and a byword is a phrase often used 
in the Old Testament to talk about Israel when they went against God. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter, from this unfortunate instance, despair of establishing governments by human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the insistence of heaven and its blessing on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service. So, this is a little, just an extra little tidbit, and then we'll kind of wrap up. Following the historical address, James Madison made a motion, which was seconded by Roger Sherman of Connecticut, that Dr. Franklin's appeal for prayer be enacted. Edmunds, Edmund Jennings Randolph of Virginia followed with a further motion, that a sermon be preached at the request of the convention on the 4th of July, the anniversary of independence, and thenceforward prayers be used in ye convention every morning. Of note is the fact that prayers have opened both houses of Congress ever since. And so you can see just in this one example, folks, uh, which is really kind of what pulled the delegates back together and, and the convention, which was about to fail, ended up succeeding, as we can see, at least in that moment. And and then we have prayer to God and, and all these references in this one little speech back to the Bible, and not only to the Bible, but, but parts to the New Testament. And yet we're supposed to believe that from the very beginning of our country, we wanted God out. We wanted this wall, this separation of church and state. Which is true, folks, but it's completely different than what the left has twisted it via the Supreme Court over the last 80 years. Our founders absolutely wanted God involved in their political discussion and public policy and public life. They did not want the government involved in personal faith of an individual. You know, there's a, a line out of the the children's book that we've talked about a few times from the the library of boys and girls books. I can't remember the name right now, folks, but the line goes something like, go, go to church or worship God in whatever manner you see fit, but see that you worship God. Our founders knew that you couldn't force somebody to faith. You couldn't force somebody to no faith. I say this so often here, but they also knew that we had to have of people that follow the principles of Jesus Christ if this country was ever going to succeed. And we have got to give back to that and reverse this, this horrible decision of separation of church and state, this absolutely evil decision, and get our country back on the right track. We talked about that with C.S. Lewis's quote the other day. Um, we were, we we're on the wrong road, folks, and we gotta we got to turn around and get back on the right road. Or this is going to get really ugly real fast. But the hopeful part of that, folks, is when we really study history, when we really look at this stuff, we see how much our founders wanted God involved, needed God involved, and knew that, and how much our great leaders have acknowledged God's role in our country 
So, so be encouraged by that. When you hear all these people talking about, no, no, we're a secular nation. Know in your heart the truth that, that that's a lie, that, that we've needed God and we've known we needed God. And when we've turned to him, I think it was from FDR, when we've applied those principles, that's when we've been at our greatest. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.